Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Hey, Dave. Yeah, Randy. Since we founded Bombas, we've always said our socks, underwear, and T-shirts are super soft. Any new ideas? Maybe sublimely soft. Or disgustingly cozy. Wait, what? I got it. Bombas. Absurdly comfortable essentials for yourself and for those facing homelessness. Because one purchased equals one donated. Wow, did we just write an ad? Yes. Bombus. Big comfort for everyone. Go to bombus.com slash ACAST and use code ACAST for 20% off your first purchase. Hello, welcome to Film Fandango, the film podcast. I'm David Reed, and this is Marek Larwood. Hello, Marek. How are you doing today? I'm enjoying the cup of coffee that you've made for me. Good. Good. Well, you're welcome. I'm enjoying the soft feel of your sofa cushions gently clasping me. (laughs) They're clasping you. That's what they do, isn't it? That's what they do, isn't it? Clasp. I guess. Do they? Or should they just support? We just support. Well, this is clasping. you like this, like I'm doing with my hand. Well, you're not literally supporting me. No, no, no. It was miming. It's miming. Uh, those are cushions uh, from Bruges. Oh, yes. Um, I bought them in Bruges. There are two cushions resting upon David's sofa. They have stags dressed in Elizabethan-type uh, attire, would you say? Fancy attire, anyway. Or fancy yeah, attire. Yeah. They're from Bruges. From Bruges. I hope that... I hope that improves your podcast uh, listening. It's it's a bit like um, the quiz show catchphrase, this podcast, isn't it? As we slowly build up the picture of what it looks like as we record it, you know. You see, when we, we remove another square and yeah. people go, oh, oh, it's like, it's like an old friend returning. Mm. Well, I went to the cinema, yeah. as usual. Yeah. I... Went to see one of the summer blockbusters, Jason Bourne. Jason Bourne, he has returned. Yes. It's not called Reborn, is it? No, it's just called Jason Bourne. Like they did with uh, with Rambo and Rocky Balboa. So it's a Bourne identity. It was, no, they didn't do it with Rambo. The new one wasn't called John Rambo, was it? No. No, but they did it with Rocky Balboa when it, some time had passed and then they needed an, a first film that was also the seventh film. Can you name the three Bourne films? Uh, the Bourne Identity. Yeah. Then there is uh, The Bourne Supremacy, where he does not reign supreme, but he does give an ultimatum. And, and then, then there's Bourne Ultimatum, where he does not give an ultimatum, but he does reign supreme at the end. And after that, there was the. Then there was uh, the one with uh, Jimmy Bobo from the Avengers. Yeah. And what the hell was that called? Rachel Vice. It, was it called Rachel Vice? No, it was called Shitborn. Shitborn. Stillborn. Still airborne. <laughs> Not stillborn. That's <laughs> horrible. Stillborn. It's a still still a born film, guys. But um, it did not uh, generate a new franchise, did it? Bornos, they're called. <laughs> Bornos. What was that one called? Hardborn. 
Hardborn? No. Was it? Highborn? <laughs> no. Highborn! I mean, Born is one of the, turns out, one of the most flexible names. <laughs> it is. They could keep going and going, like Carry On. I'm surprised they had Carry On Born. <laughs> I'd like to see Carry On Born. Yeah. It works at everything. It does. Um, so, this was Jason. I mean, Jason Bourne probably one of the worst titles you could have, considering what we've just been through. I mean, and, and we we did that in five minutes. Imagine if someone paid us for a whole day to come up with Bourne names. We'd come up with loads. There'd be franchise after franchise. I am mean, that day and be working to these 100. Yeah, Bourne Slippy. Mm-hmm. <laughs> that would be a good one. Yeah. Um... Anyway, I went to the cinema. <laughs> <You> tried and <laughs> failed. That's right. Um, so, did you enjoy the previous Bourne films? Did you go to see this because you thought it might be good? Or because you had a tedious duty to see a current film? Well, it's summer blockbuster season. Yeah. and Which means there are only a certain type of film, uh, which are ones that appeal to... Big, masses. bang, kaboom. Yeah. Um, I didn't... What's weird, I think this happens for most people is that the Bourne films have somehow merged into some sort of weird amorphic, is that the word? Amorphous? Sort of amorphous sort of blob of a film in my subconscious that I don't really know which film is which. Yeah. It's just a general the feel. The first one that had quite a feel of an independent European film. It's got Run, Low, the Run, Low, Run in it. It's yeah, really yeah. Is, and it's got Clive Owen in it. Mm. And that really weird guy who he fights um, in the kitchen with a pencil. But it's and it, the first one I think is genuinely great, and it's yeah. quite character driven. You know, the fight scenes are excellent, but they're sort of few and far between. Yeah, and then it all gets a bit American homogenous in the second and third. Still enjoyable films, yeah. but it does get a bit. Um, so, have they maintained the sort of feel of it? Or was this film is shit? Oh, it is. Uh, I mean, there's been stuff in the in the uh, press saying that Matt Damon only says 288 words. Mm-hmm. It is just almost as if someone has done a spoof of the Bourne films. It's just that. Dun, 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 dun. I've actually done it. Been in a spoof of the Bourne films. You have. I saw it. My friend James Branch, not me. He made. It's a brilliant. I can say it's brilliant because I didn't make it. it he took bits from the Bourne Ultimatum. He went to Waterloo Station. This is seven years ago. Mm. And he intercut bits of us on the same location with the film. And it sort of works as, a, as this sort of oh, born thing. That's the bit with Paddy Considine, isn't it? Yeah, yeah. yeah, yeah. Um, so I'll put that on. I'll put, I think I'll put it on our film for Nango page, but I'll put it on there again. Anyway, this feels a bit like that. It's just literally that whole... The string music. Running around crowds. Yeah. Trying to save someone. And then cut to uh, a computerised office. People saying, where is he? Get the asset. Protect. Get the asset. Where's the, Where's your location? I've lost you. Uh, team B down. Yeah. Get the asset. It is that over and over again. It, it felt like I was in some strange time loop of just watching the same sequence, yeah. but just in a different city. Well, that's a shame because the first one, again, I'm only going back to the first one so much because I know it better than the others, but it had very little of that. Actually, yeah. you didn't know how close behind him they were, and that made it more tense. You know, he just suddenly, you know, they'd be there, and just like oh, shit. There was only that incredibly comic bit in the first one, actually, that was a bit like that, where they activate all of their sleeper agents, and it's a bit. It yeah, suddenly yeah. goes a bit Mission Impossible instead of uh, 
an actual spy thing. Well, that scene when Paddy Considine's in Waterloo Station yes. is brilliantly done. Yeah. I think it's really exceptional. What they've done is just copy that scene uh, with less effect. <coughs> and if you just take the music away, it's just that... It's just this string, it's sort of deep sort of, is it cello? I don't know what the instrument is. So it's sort of, it's just people walking around, wobbly cameras, sort of NYPD mm. blue, holding the camera, slightly shaking, close-ups, people looking, walking around. I mean, all Matt Day has to do is pretty much just walk down a f- into a few crowds. Well, all of through. his hard work was done in the gym beforehand, wasn't it? Oh, he does look very muscly. I mean, I've only seen the trailer, but... Um... Uh, when I went for a wee afterwards, because I managed to hold um, a wee, yeah. hold it, hold the whole thing. I mean, no one, go, no one goes for a serious toilet in the cinema. A serious toilet? No, yeah, yeah, yeah. well, um, no, that's true. I was going to say I once walked in on a girl in a disabled loose at the Warner Brothers Cinema going serious toilet, but of course, how would I know? I yeah. just remember she was sitting down. Yeah. Anyway, um, and the uh, person in the row next to me was talking to another bloke, and he said, um, "Yes, he's a." Matt Damon. They were talking about Matt Damon bulking up, and one of them said, "Yes, he's a bit of a brute, isn't he?" And then they walked off. I don't know if they were looking at each other's penises or not. No, and now you'll never, you never will. No, um, it was full of a lot of. It was on a Monday morning. A lot of forty-year-old men like me. <laughs> sure, who remember better watching times? Watching it uh, by themselves. Is is? I mean, the the Bourne films were very influential. Not in terms of storytelling or anything in particular, but in terms of the look and feel of spy stuff. Yeah. Is it that we've seen so many copies of this now that this now feels outdated? Well, it's, it, it just was exactly ex, exactly the same as the previous films. What having any of the plot, and it's just all oh, right. Bourne is somehow getting dragged. Jason Bourne, who's you know been off limits for a while, mm. is somehow getting dragged back into it. Oh no! The, the previous young lady is a bit too old now. Julia Stiles. Yeah, and she's going to be updated with Alice Vikander as the new sort of. You know, oh, really? She's being phased out. It's is she? almost. You can almost see the Hollywood people in the back. You can hear them whispering. Yeah, she's just too old. So if we can just phase her out, and then who's the latest pretty girl? Okay, just go. If you just pass that button on to her, please. There we go. And everyone's happy. <laughs> Matt Damon, he's sort of approaching 45. It doesn't matter. doesn't matter. He's fine. doesn't matter. I mean, look at his face. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, it's I can really see that. disappointing. Also, who, really who have they replaced Brian Cox with? Because... Oh, yeah. Brian Cox is um, replaced with... What's his name? Brian Cranston. No, it's guess. just really... Uh, Tommy Lee Jones, of course. Okay. I like him. I mean, he... He could basically just be doing his character from The Fugitive Lee, again. Yeah, it's pretty much that. Tommy Lee Jones is doing that. Vincent Cassell is playing the evil guy. Um, it's really dull. Mm. It's just a copy just for money. Just copying the previous ones and just setting up another sequel later on. There Now Matt Damon somehow back in the... It's, it, they basically replaced Treadstone, which was the old thing. Yeah, was, yeah. With his, what is Treadstone? Yeah, so the Treadstone files. Oh, there's a new, there's a new undercover thing that we know about called Iron Hand, <laughs> and that's just mentioned. Oh, what people find out about Iron Hand? What is Iron Hand? Oh, it's exactly the same as Treadstone. 
but it's, well, hopefully we can get three films out of it. Who's Don't naming even... our, Who's naming all of our projects? Yeah. Why are they all named after Games Workshop characters? It's just a lot of computers up things at loading, tracing things on the computer. It, there's nothing of any interest in it. I found it so boring. I mean, the first story was about a man with no memories falling in love, basically, and yeah. then discovering that his past that he knew nothing about was putting the person he had fallen in love with in danger. That was the st- That's a good story. The second one was a bit, he's out for vengeance because of stuff that happened. And the third one I thought was like, I don't really know what this is. This is just sort of doing the same thing again. Yeah. But And trying to end the story, actually. And so to carry on is a bit It's just mental. a rubbish reboot, really. Right. But Matt Damon's still there. This is a story of Hollywood, Hollywood executives attempting to cash in, doing very little work. I'm surprised that Paul Greengrass didn't really put a spin on it. I mean, I don't know why. Because he's he, back, isn't he? He's yeah, directing what, it again. I don't know why he needs to do it. I don't know why. I just think he hasn't done anything. That there's nothing that just you've done it. You've done it all that already, mate. I mean, he wrote it as well. They must have written a very big paycheck. I mean, for Matt Damon to come back as well, and presumably if they're setting up sequels, he's signed up for more than one. This is probably his last action, not isn't it? I suppose. Well, I don't know. Jason Statham's in his forties. Yeah, I'm going to start doing action films. Are you? When are you doing yours? Well, I don't know. I think I'm doing one. Oh, you need a plan. Pie Man. Pie Man. Yeah. Pie Man doesn't sound buff, you know. But maybe that's, that's, that's the that's irony of the title. A lot of the um, bakeries like Greg's and uh, Percy, what's it called, Ingalls, are just fronts for drugs. Right, and so you're going to go after them. Oh, so you are the the man they send after the pies. Yeah. Okay. Uh, what what's what sort of pithy one-liners does he do? Stop that! Oh, that's good. I like that. Get out of it. Because puns are a bit old hat, aren't they? I'm going to use all the lines that parents use to um, tell off their children. What did I just say? Don't do that sound. Well, it's not even a word. We're just it's a threat. But not vocalised, it seems scarier. Yeah. So the quiver, the man will be about to shoot me, and I go. And he just hesitates. Because what I'm doing is I am somehow channeling into their subconscious of their parents doing it. Yeah, and they and probably I, had quite um, strict or overbearing parents. If well, they're no, bad they, guys. Now. They didn't really have that many. No, they didn't. The opposite, I think. Well, you think they had hippie parents, and that's why they now. No, the bad guys weren't, didn't really have any discipline. So there's. No, but I mean overbearing, like too much. Um, I think I think they're complicated characters, like the bad guys. Sure. Uh, but that that buys me these parental turning off things and teacher things buys me an extra second, and in that second I'm able to do, to, to do fight scenes. To yeah, to twat up their shit. Yeah. Ramming a hole, literally. To, uh, there's a pasty. Yeah. Put it in someone's mouth. Bam. That's all about that noise. Slammed it right the way back into. It goes right the way back into the oh. throat. Snaps the snaps the um, what's the but the neck the, uh, the spine the spine yeah top of the spine off. What with a pasty? I I put a pasty in their mouth and I hit it so hard it slices the bottom oh, of their head off. I mean that is hot. It's hot and hot because it's so. You'd hot. have to hit a pasty really hard. You hit the right that. place. It's slightly burnt. The right place on the pasty. Right yeah, place yeah. on the pasty. Like on an egg. It's a one in eight billion chance. Sure. And it sears all the way through the head. It's a the top of the head's gone from a pasta. Oh, wow. That sounds good, this film. That, that, I mean, I don't really like... But all the fight scenes are quite, are, do involve... Um, Pastries of some yeah. kind. Yeah. Okay. So you get the money, so you get the, money, you get the sponsorship. Yeah. Well, and 
uh, British people love love a pie, don't they? So that's how, that's how the that's how the drug cut, um, barons took over pies. Yeah. Uh, well, so <clears throat> Jason Bourne, do not go and waste your money seeing this. Wait, just how many Marricks? Uh, four. Oh them, uh, wow! Okay, no, because I was interested. I looked up on uh, Rotten Tomatoes um, how much it got, and critics had given it fifty-three overall. So they do not that's like generous. it. Generous, but because I like the whole, I, I really like the music. I like the way it's shot. I like that style. I really like the first ones. It's, it's a really great, unique feel. It's got to it. Right. The Bourne trilogy. You know, it's got the whole thing. It really yeah. feels like Bourne, like a new Bond in many ways. Uh, a better Bond, I think. Well, it put a nail in the coffin of Bond a bit, where Bond was like, "Crap, they're doing Bond better than Bond." Yeah, but it's just got. It's just. I think it's had its day. Okay, okay. Well, there's Jason Bourne, or do you know his real name? Yes, Matthew Perry Reed. I think it is. No, it's David Webb. Oh, that's it, David Webb. Yeah. Yeah. I got one of your names, though, didn't I? You did get yeah. one of my <laughs> names. That's true. Uh, right, well, I think it's time for this. This is from James Childs, and it's with regarding to Wi-Fi in residential homes. Dear David Marrick, Buddy, and the fine members of the emergency services in the background, don't bother with accents, just be yourself. Thank you. First, the serious bit. On episode 243, Independence Day Resurgence, you wondered whether old people's homes have free Wi-Fi. I can't speak for all homes, of course, but until about 18 months ago, I worked in a local authority in southern Scotland, and they were in the process of installing Wi-Fi in all their residential homes for older people for a variety of reasons. To give the residents more independence, access to the internet for shopping, to FaceTime relatives, etc. The same stuff that the rest of us take for granted and also for visiting relatives to use for much the same reasons. So there you go. That is a great answer. It's an excellent answer. FaceTime I hadn't considered because, of course, once they've taught them to just press the button when it rings, that's, you know, that's nice, isn't it? That's nice. Although Skype never works. Second, film stuff. On the, theme, on the theme of ageing, are there films that you thought were boring as a kid but adults liked that you have now watched as an adult and realised that they were right all along? Probably the standout case for me was It's a Wonderful Life, which I thought was boring, corny rubbish as a kid but now regard as an iconic piece of film craft. Of course, films are usually aimed at a certain audience but it's nice to remember that we were all opinionated idiots in our youth. Pip pip and keep watching the films, James. So... Uh, the first VHS I was ever bought, um, or rather ever owned, but was bought it, it was a gift, uh, because I didn't buy VHS when I was a kid, was Kez. Oh, really? Didn't get it. I was like six. Like, it was dull and weird and yeah. sad. And, you know, now I've rewatched it and it's just like, yeah, Brian Glover's bloody great. Mm. Um, it's excellent. It's excellent. I remember watching two, uh, 2001. The start of it when I was really uh, in my early uh, maybe about ten or eleven, yeah, and thinking this is just really weird and rubbish and really slow. Very wrong. Um, the I prob- mean, not wrong. It is it is weird it is and w- slow, yeah. but it's uh, it is also good. Yeah, I didn't have the patience then. Yeah. Um, what put me off films when I was younger was the the relentless terrible westerns that are on television. Yes. 
that would really remind me that it was Sunday afternoon and it was school time. Just those terrible churning out John Wayne westerns. You know what I always used to get very frustrated with was similarly, probably those westerns were culprits in this as well, was really long title sequences with just music and the actors' names very slowly coming up on cards in those old Sunday afternoon films. It's just like, oh, get on with it. I hated an overture when I was a kid. Hated an overture. But now I find it really offensive when people put the credits to one side and speed them up. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Persons worked on that film. Just go, no, no one's going to read this. Totally pointless. Just don't put them there if you're going to do that speed up thing. It's true. But I think I, I still... I think that scarred my opinion of Western so much. I've got this sort of nostalgic hate yeah, yeah. of Western. I'm the same. From I'm exactly the same. That ultimately think it's going to be terrible. That, that, that was some good questions. Thanks, James Charles. Thank you. Here's another letter. This is from Philip. <laughs> I like how you pronounce his name. Subject. Well, this is going to be weird. Subject is pity sex. Uh, given your desperate plea for letters, here is a pity email. Given Merritt's comments on watching sex scenes with his mum, two questions. This is from a previous episode where... Uh, <laughs> this needs context, I feel. Yeah, this wasn't our mum. Let's watch some... Uh, <laughs> mum, where are you going? It's sex scenes night. <laughs> <laughs> this was accidentally watching, sort of, um, when I went to went back to Hampshire a while back, and both of the films we started to watch had sex scenes at the start of them, so we thought, let's watch something different. Anyway, one... First question, which is the best sex scene in film? Wow. <laughs> Two, what sex scene would you watch with your mum? Would you watch? Yeah. For pity's sake, no accent. I mean, you're asking for the thing, you've got some very obscure questions. Um, alternatively, give him out, drive a lovely film on Whimsy, thank you. Which is worse, Whimsy or Kooky? They're the same, aren't they? I don't know the difference. I particularly find Zoe Deschanel irksome. Tara. Tara bit, what does that mean? don't know um, which is the best sex scene in film I don't really I mean when you say best I th- that needs some clarification for me because of course sex scenes are are supposedly supposed to be you know narrative devices they're supposed to show us something about the characters whereas it sounds like by isolating them you want us to say which one is the best to jack off to and that's the, yeah, that's the different basi- thing you're ba- that's really. what you're basically saying that's basically what you're saying well, I'm going to pass that one I'm, you can find the answer to that just on Google, I imagine. I'm sure there's lots of threads devoted to it on forums. One of the most famous ones. I mean, Basic Instinct's probably the most famous sex. Nine and a half weeks, they're probably the most famous ones. Yeah. Um, what's it called? Blue is Warmest Colour. I mean, that was quite a famous sex scene. Betty Blue. That's yes. a famous sexy film. Well, watch those if you just want to. Or, alternatively, just watch some pornography. Pornography. Pornography is... Crammed full of sex scenes. Yeah, it's almost exclusively sex scenes. In various the plot. Uh, what <laughs> sex scene would you watch with your mum? I mean, I wouldn't. There's no. That's, that's there's nothing. There's no sex scene I would. Actually. I find that question a bit threatening. Yeah. <laughs> well, thank you very much. And finally, which is worse, whimsy or cookie? I think they're the same. I, uh, yeah, I, I, I think they're certainly related. They're definitely cousins. Thanks, Philip. I mean, are, they are interesting questions. <laughs> Thanks, Philip. Okay, here is... Um... We're ploughing through them now. Come on. Hi, guys. In the style of a New York cab driver, if you feel inspired. What's a New York cab driver? Why, why, boy? Why, boy, the boy, I mean, they, they're not going to know what I'm saying. Just do it. Why, boy, boy, boy. Hey, you guys. 
I discovered your podcast a few months ago, and I've been enjoying it thoroughly on my drives to and from work. Since then, must say, David, the frequency of emergency sirens in your neck of the woods is pretty intense. Plus, creates quite a weird effect when I'm listening in the car. Cue frantic, where's the police looks a rather place. <laughs> Anywho's, I've been meaning to catch Locke for some time, but it doesn't seem to be on any streaming services at the mo. Your discussion of it got me thinking of best one-room stage play-like films. I've recently seen Polanski's Carnage, which is absolutely supoip, especially for anyone with young kids. Still trying to track down a copy of his Death and the Maiden, Ben Kingsley and Sigourney Weaver, from a few years back. Another couple of faves that that fit that criteria. Talk Radio, a film that seems to not really be on the radar, but I reckon was incredibly compelling. Can't see why it's not regarded as a classic. Eric Bogons Bogosian. Eric Bogosian's fantastic in it. I remember catching an old western called The Oxbow Incident years ago, which was pretty much all set round one campfire, and has stuck with me down the ages. What are your favorite of this type of movie? Anywho, I'm at my day job. Best get back to work. KWTF. Keep watching the films, that's what that means. All the best, Jules Lawrence. Um. So, uh, we call them bottle episodes, which is a term from television... Uh, which doesn't quite fit films because they're not episodes. But yeah, all set in one place. We have discussed this before. It's a good topic because they are an excellent thing, aren't they? We're going to discuss one next week, in fact. Uh, So stay tuned for that. But other ones? Uh, There's one in the lift when it's called The Devil or something. The Devil! The Devil! It's uh, M. Night Shyamalan. Yeah, that was average. I haven't seen this, the disappearance of Alice Creek, which is both. I've not seen it? that either. Uh, there's that hot the cube, which is a pretty much the cube sort of the uh, the go to one, isn't it? Because they turn one room into a thousand rooms, which is very clever. I mean, that's what low budget films do a lot, where they just use that try and find a way of doing it. There's one I talked about a few months ago. I can't remember the name. As usual, where they go from house to ha- they they're stuck yeah. in a weird time loop and they use the same house and. Other versions of themselves, which is quite weird. Um, I mean, it's whether we're talking specifically about films that are entirely, without exception, set in one room, or ones that have limited it hugely to one space. Because Dog Soldiers, for instance, there's some stuff at the beginning in a forest, but the rest is in one cottage, um, which I think is a really fun film. Um, there's also. Reservoir Dogs, actually, apart from the stuff walking down the street in a car and then in around a table, everything else is in that one warehouse, isn't it? Yeah, well, that wins. Reservoir Dogs wins. Yeah. Okay, you've won. Well done, Quentin. Your certificate is in the post. What are we going to talk about now? What film? Well, you saw a film that I also saw relatively recently that you wanted to discuss, didn't you? So um, why don't you tell us about that? So... I was on the internet. You and your internet. And um, I I was looking on Netflix and I thought, Do you know what, I'll just try something I hadn't seen. Mm. Always a good um, thing to do is to go to the classic films or cult films. Or, uh, what's it called? Award, not award winning films, there's a section which is called... Uh, I can't critically acclaimed critically films? Critically acclaimed films. Mm. 
So normally that's a good way of doing things. And I saw a film called The Warriors. Uh, hadn't seen it before. 1979 film. I thought I'd try this out. Um, I fancied watching something from the sort of 70s. Yeah. The glory years. Late 70s to mid 80s. When mainstream films could be a bit weird. Yeah. Uh, great years of cinema. If you don't know The Warriors, it's um, a film about... Uh, is it New York or LA? So it's a, it's a, a Chicago it's gangs in New York. New York, and is a gang who are called the Warriors, and they wear sort of red waistcoats and bandanas and stuff. And there is a gang meet of all the gangs in uh, New York, and there the king of the gangs, because that's the thing that exists, yeah, so, so um, the, the gets wa- assassinated basically, and the warriors get framed, and they have to make it across town uh, at night without getting wiped out by so any of the other gangs. They've gang. come down from Coney Island from their that's turf right. to meet in this central in, in a park in New York somewhere, and they have to get back, and the the word is out to all the other gangs, because the, the, there was going to be a truce. So they broke the peace. They broke the peace, and all the other gangs were out to get them. From the moment it started, I loved this film. It's just, it's a, it's a totally a boys' film. It, it it's a boys' sort of film is. for people my age who are nostalgic. I about mean, there's one era. gang with girls in it, and it's the girls' gang, and their special thing, because it's a bit like an Odyssey where every gang they meet is a bit different, yeah. and you know, uh, their thing is kissing and dancing. <laughs> That's their well, thing. a bit. It, it's just the opening sequence is so sort of that that period like seventies eighties. Yeah, it's the underground going through different cuts of so eighties. This really terrible eighties sort of synth music, and all the gangs coming in. There's like a cool, these black guys and with afros wearing these purple stuff. There's I mean, a, it's really of, ridiculous. There's a gang of mime artists called the, the High Hats who are dressed. In white faces with red hats and braces. It's a bit like um, a sixties uh, Batman film, isn't it? Do you know what I mean? It's got that. It's I like all know, the henchmen it, gangs meeting in the same it's Absolutely brilliant. And yeah. At the time, it was. Um, it caused. I, I rep on it. Caused quite a lot of problems because lots of the gangs, because gangs were a big thing then in yeah. the in the uh, late eighties, uh, late seventies, and a lot of gangs went to see this film. And there were some fights, and some, a couple of people got killed in screenings. What? Are you? And it just just we, because they were there at the same time. Because there were rival time. gangs right. going to watch the screenings, and it was pulled in some places. Wow! It was so popular. But there's an in. I mean, you could say it's violent, but compared to today's violence, it's really not. No, it feels as though it's got this odd, charming innocence to it. It feels to me, or certainly it felt this way when I was watching it, that it's got. Some similarities to Oz exploitation films, which are the Mad Max era of sort of crazy, uh, sort of youths just in their own world kind of thing. You know, it's got that sort of everyone's just a bit nuts. But Do you know I, what I mean? No, in, in a good way. In yeah, a good I, way. I, I love the feel of it. I love the music. I love all the gangs. You know, there's a whole gang coming up. It felt as though this influenced that. Old arcade game, Double Dragon, don't you? Oh, definitely, definitely. Just a rip-off of this. I really loved all the costumes. And it's different. I mean, you could say now it's a real culture of individualism and everyone's trying to be individual. You know, there's no such thing. 
I really like the fact they all wear the same stuff and they're really proud to be in their gangs. But you love tribalism, don't you? I mean, in, in oh, an ideal world, it. we'd be out in the streets defending our, yes, our uh, turf. Absolutely perfect. Perfect. Yeah, yeah, all yeah. wearing the same. I mean, Volsball's your way of trying to start that ball rolling, isn't yeah, so it? Yeah, so wearing purple, tight purple waistcoats. Yeah, yeah. And um, in, engaging in violent sports. Um, it's funny you should mention Double Dragon because the computer game studio Rockstar, who made the Grand Theft Auto games quite famously, tried to segue into a Warriors franchise, but in like the 2000s. They made a game with the Warriors. It didn't do very well, so they went back to the Grand Theft Auto once. But basically, Warriors was Grand Theft Auto, you know, but you've got your tribes and your different... It was high camp, so less sort of mundanely boring as the as the Grand Theft Auto game. But um no it's uh it's a proper cult classic, isn't it? I think it's brilliant. I just think I love the innocence of it, I said before, even though it's a violent film. It sounds odd saying that. Mm. It and there's some great performances in there and I like the mix of odd people uh, the gang on roller skates, you sort of don't know what's going to happen. The gang dressed as baseball um, players. I really love... I... It's a bit like The Wiz. Have you seen The Wiz? Yeah, I think I've The Wiz it, is yeah. based on this a bit. It's uh... it's really obscure. It takes place over one night, so it, gives, yeah. it helps give that whole... Uh, uh, help accelerate the plot in that way. And it, it, I can see why it's a cult film. You just turn your brain off and you want to, and just enjoy it for what it is it is quite camp and quite odd yeah. it's not the film that I don't think it really maybe it's, maybe it did intend to be this film well it isn't a critically acclaimed film that's the thing it is definitely in the cult the cult classic pile rather than the one that was just like all the pa- newspapers were like oh incredible well I think done sh- I love the shots I love oh, I yeah. the fight scenes are really good I love all the. I love the way it's shot. I love the film. I love the that sort of deterioration of the film. The way the film stock looks. Is the Warriors the one? Because it was. It was probably a year ago. I watched it now. Where the bad guy. There's that one shot where he's got bottles on his fingers and he's clinking them and going yes. Warriors. Yes, that's come it. Come yeah. out to play. Apparently, he just ad libbed that whole thing with the bottles. It's really weird. <laughs> I really love this film. I'll give it nine Marics. If you're. Uh, uh, not Boise, you probably won't like it, but I would highly recommend it for people who are exactly like me. Okay, and if you are exactly like Marek, then they're... Unlucky. Uh, unlucky, mate. Uh, yeah, well, that's The Warriors. Where did you find it? Netflix, did you say? Netflix. Netflix. Netflix, although other services are available. Um, that's probably enough for this week, do you yeah, think? Yeah, quite enough. Quite enough, quite enough. If you'd like to write in and uh, add to our increasing pile of letters, thank you all for doing that, uh, then go to our website, filmfandango.com, and you can fill in the form there and we'll get that. Or um, why not donate towards our running costs by going to the same website and clicking the donate button. Uh, everyone who has, thank you very much. Yes, thank you. Um, we'll be back next week. Keep, Keep watching the films. the softest sheets you've ever felt. Now imagine them getting even softer over time. 
That's what you'll feel with Bowlin Branch's organic cotton sheets. In a recent customer survey, 96% replied that Bowlin Branch sheets get softer with every wash. Start getting your best night's sleep in these sheets that get softer and softer for years to come. Try their sheets with a 30-night guarantee. Plus, get 15% off your first order at BowlinBranch.com. Code BUTTERY. Exclusions apply. See site for details. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.